Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wonky Cast. On this week's show, we're talking to James Lundy, organiser of the Edinburgh Comic Con, ahead uh, of this year's event. He's telling us what we've got to look forward to this year, how the event came about, and a whole bunch of other geekery besides. Um, in other news, we just got back from the Sci-Fi Weekender, uh, where we recorded a whole bunch of panels and interviews and did all sorts of stuff, so uh, please go and check out the YouTube channel and also the website for all the latest news, events, and gossip and panels panels and all sorts of funkiness from there. Uh, And in the meantime, please enjoy. Okay, well, thank you very much for taking some time out to talk to us about Edinburgh Comic Con. So, can you tell me a bit about how how the convention came about, where the where the idea came from? Oh, certainly. Uh, well, basically, what had happened was in Edinburgh. I don't know if you're familiar with you know, the way Edinburgh was. There was nothing there. There was there was no cons, no no events. There had been some smaller events beforehand, which were certainly by all intentional purposes, they were fit for purpose. Mm. But there's nothing like a proper convention, as it were. Mm. So, and I found that really strange, to be honest with you, because Edinburgh being sort of the capital city of Scotland and being like an international sort of destination, uh, or at least that's the way it's been promoted, I thought, well, this, this, is, very, this is very, very strange. Mm. The more I investigated it, the more I thought to myself, why, why, why? And then you start to research a lot of the venues and you start to see why, mm. you know. Um, I will say, like in terms of Edinburgh, getting a a venue which was suitable was not the easiest thing. There was very much a lot of research and a lot of you know back and forth to different places and finding places. And eventually, we started off really at a, a small room up in that an RAF club. Right. Okay. So, Really small room, like I mean, it was. It was. It was good for what it was, mm-hmm. and you know we got a good bit of support from a lot of people, and then from there we took it to a place called Portadoe, mm-hmm. which was part of Edinburgh University right. part of campus, and that was fine. I mean, the first year, the first actual, because the thing we did in the RF club, you really couldn't call that a convention, mm-hmm. no. I know the word Comic Cons really became sort of overused, maybe in Moversatchi, just for my personal opinion. Well, yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, uh, so, some some Comic Cons tend to be more like, you know, kind of trade fairs or something like that, which is, it's all about people going and doing the shopping and the cosplay, and it's less about the comics and things. Whereas mm-hmm. one thing I noticed from the kind of guest list on, on the one that you guys do is you put comic artists and things first and foremost as amongst the people who are appearing at the con. Yeah, you, oh yes, that was very much, it was one thing we started off with, it's always at its core going to be very much a comic based event. We will have stars from film and television, we will have other people there, and we'll have the, the cosplay and everything along those lines along the way, mm-hmm. but for the centre core topic of the event, it's very much going to be comic based because I believe as a medium really that's responsible for a lot of things which have grown on about it, mm. you know. Obviously, the, the film industry is a, it's a different animal. Yeah. 
but well, the seed of it kind of comes from the comics in the first place and they're, yes. they're essentially just a translation of them exactly so you think to yourself well this is how i intended to go with it and when i've collected comic books for since what about eight years old yeah so yeah a long time off and on obviously because you know there's like everybody else there's times when you maybe either drift away a wee bit or you're you're just skint you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I started collecting like Silver Surfer. I think when I was about eight or nine, and it was Silver Surfer and X Men were the comics that I started on. And then I had a bit of a break, and then uh, what what brought me back was Sandman when Sandman was first wow. released. Uh, and I think it was my parents had bought me a graphic novel of it when I think it was up, up to like book three or four. And that was the point. I was like, oh my god, this is so awesome! And as a teenager, I was like, yeah, read. You need to read more of this. Sandman. Just talking about that book, it really is awesome. It's I was a very late to that party, to Sandman, mm. so that was something I was very, very late to, that particular book. And by golly, it was, you know, it was, it was a wee bit, it was a pleasant surprise, put it that way. Yeah, I mean, it's also, I mean, for, for me, it, it was, you know, it's one of the first comics to, to win kind of proper literary awards, and kind of off the back of that, Neil Gaiman just became my complete favourite author, no hold, <laughs> no, no one else had a look in. Awesome, mm -hmm. awesome author. Well, Neil Gaiman, he's actually been a guest at the, like, the Edinburgh International Book Festival. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, Edinburgh, they have festivals that go on, and they have tried in the past to incorporate comic book guests they've never really been able to handle it properly or fully utilize it I was gonna say, because it, it, it seems like the kind of city that should embrace something like this with all the you know the, the fringe festivals and things like that it, it seems like the arts is something that is very much celebrated up there and that, that comics should have a very very big presence there well I've been in a few meetings with Edinburgh Council and they are very interested in what we're doing they're very supportive they've got behind us Obviously, we have to be self-sufficient and all this sort of things that go with it, you know, but we never want advice or anything. They've been so forthcoming, so, so helpful just to keep, you know, because there's, there's so much, so much, oh, you've got to be, you know, all your different legislations when you go from one place to another, so it's just laying, finding the law of the land and, you know, abiding by it as well. Yeah, so. sure. I mean, how long has the con been running now? Well, this will be a fourth year coming up for the, in terms of the conventions, because, the first, the first year, we we called it. It wasn't actually initially called Edinburgh Comic Con as its main title. Um, we called it SBA, and it was like the comic and sort of sci-fi weekend. And then we had started to adopt the Edinburgh Comic Con name just before we actually undertook the event. Because a lot of our social media and a lot of the postings and everything, we started using the hashtag in my comic con, we started using this and everything just before the event. Mm. Now, the SBA stand for something, now, I don't know, your, it wasn't quite an expletive, but it was um, something awesome. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, and we thought to so, well, that was really a bad, a bad idea, mm -hmm. you know. And the fir our first convention, I think. <sighs> But if I want to use any hyperbole, I would probably try to be realistic. We only had something like between 300 to 500 attendees. Mm -hmm. um, whereas when we done the second one, that was that was blown straight out of the water. Right. Perhaps maybe even with just changing the name because people were more that they consciously subconsciously accepted it yeah i think i think as soon as you call it a comic con i think people then kind of go ah right okay we kind of know what to expect you know we'll, we'll get panels we'll get stalls we'll get people appearing we'll have 
comic artists that we can go up and speak to. So I, I think that's that's become very much a part of our modern society now. Uh-huh. Well, I, th- you, you, I can't argue with that. I think the probably it was a case of me personally trying try to be too clever. You know, I begin with, <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do something a bit different. And you think to yourself. And I vividly remember me having a conversation with uh, one of my friends who helps out, even though he helps out, you know, to varying levels um, of degrees. He was like, why didn't you just make the change to the Comic Con? And, and in the back of your head, you know he's right, mm. and you know you want to do it, but you've kind of locked yourself in for the first event. So, yeah, such was life. But we've made good ground since. So uh, this is the fourth year coming, our second year in the Edinburgh International Conference Centre, which is really Edinburgh's purpose-built um, venue. Mm. The, the 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 Comic Con scene thing for them last year was still something that was very new to them. Mm-hmm. Because it's big companies, we talking big companies like pharmaceutical companies, big insurance companies, legal companies, they all yeah, like software things. companies and things. They tend to hire out these big conference centres for their events, and yeah, it, I, mm. I guess it can be tough trying to persuade them into doing something a little bit different. It was, it was. I, I had to go in with a a why not attitude. You know, I just basically say, well, why not? Why why wouldn't you do this? And we spoke, and uh, the. The gentleman at the time, who's no longer with him, actually, I think he's moved on to something else. But he was very, very open, very a good sense of perception to a lot of different concepts. So we, we've talked it all over, and I have to admit that actually, since then, even this is on our second year, we've built up quite a bit of a good rapport. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been they've been very very helpful. It was a quite a when you go from somewhere like like a small room in the RF club to a venue which is practically part of a student sort of the, the university and then you go to this big venue there's a big there was a big massive learning curve mm-hmm. um and well i say a learning curve you know because i academic i've worked in events uh for let me see 24, about 24 years or something off and on mm-hmm. different things you know, whether it's been whether it's been uh, a security or security manager or to, to running things, mm-hmm. so looking at it and orchestrating it or you know, all, all different things like operations or what, what have you. you know, sure, so. and that, did that kind of prepare you for, for an event of the scale when you got there? It does, yes, but there's also, you know, when you grow, when, when we grow so quickly, there is, you have to you know what would be the right way to define it you know you have you have to have this like i say this why not attitude you have mm. to be prepared and certainly put, put a graft in you've got to yeah. put a lot of graft in yeah i mean, mean do you find it do you find it easy to get uh like a crew of people to come along and help out with it yeah we've got a, we've got a fantastic crew that uh, we call them the army of awesome <laughs> <laughs> excellent you know that, that's our volunteers the core team of volunteers and they're all fantastic each and every single one of them. Um, they come along, they help, they, they set up, you know, they volunteer, mm-hmm. they either, you know, doing so many different tasks, mm-hmm. whether it be from, you know, the ticket in, people are coming in, or sitting with guests, or running, or, you know, whatever, the, whatever they're doing, sure. they're, they're all 
Each and every single one of them are fantastic. I'd call them all by name, but you know. <laughs> we yeah, might be here a while if it's an event of that size. Um, okay, so just t- talk to me a little bit about, about this year's event. Uh, what, what sort of things have you got planned this year? What's going on? Well, this year's event is stepping up a little bit from last year again because our second year in the same venue we've took on, because last year we were hunting, we had practically all of the downstairs, which is like a big Lennox room, mm-hmm. and we had another separate room for the panels, a separate room for the photo booth, and this year we've took on another suite called the Cromdale, because we have sort of, the idea was to expand without diluting. Yeah. No, because we didn't want to just think to ourselves, really what I really wanted to do, to be honest with you, for a certain extent, was when people were buying tickets to come in, I wanted to give them more value for money, yeah. like no bang for their buck. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're buying a ticket, you can come in. If you just want to go and see the comic creators, then fine, go see your comic creators. And you can do that, do your business, and then you can either, you can go away. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you want to see the comic creators and the film people, you can do that. If you want to come and sit in the panels, you can come and sit in the panels. There's like lots of um, photo opportunities, you know, throughout the, the venue. Last year we had like a big sort of X-Wing fighter. All right, awesome. It, it was brilliant. You know, the kids could sit inside it. <laughs> uh, they could get photographs taken. Now, I think what had happened was when we booked them and inquired them, there was, they, they gave us like different prices and he says you can actually charge people to take a photograph in it. And I'm, I was kind of like, well, everybody's got a phone yeah. with a camera in it these days. So why don't we just, why don't we, why don't I just, pay you for the, the exhibit and they have it there and if people want to take photos with their kids they can take photos with their kids yeah, and just let them do it off their own back rather than forcing them into a kind of you know having to queue and do x y and z exactly you know if they want to drop a few quid or a few pence whatever and some charity buckets that they've got you know along about the venue mm-hmm. we're happy to do that you know awesome I mean, does the event have a have a charity that it that it donates to well so far every year we've done a different charity all right cool so we've done, let me see what we've done so far, we've done Make-A-Wish, UK, we've done um, the f- Food Bank, um, last year we've done sort of Cash for Kids, mm-hmm. for the, for, this year we're doing the, the Royal, the, was it, the Sick Kids Friends Foundation. Okay. It's for the, like the Royal Sick Kids Hospital, you know, for, for and they have to, have to be perfect ones, but they've been so supportive, you know, especially when they found out we wanted to help them. Mm-hmm. And that's that's basically the charity. For, the, we've tried to, the event, I try to have a, what's the best way to put it? A, a, a chosen charity, it's, it's, the event itself is run as a business, you yeah. know, so it makes a loss, it makes a loss. If it makes money, it makes money. Yeah. But the way we've set up the charity side is, even if the the event runs at a loss, the charity still makes money. Okay, you know cool. I mean? so that's that's the way we've done that, um, and we have like a sort of sense of social responsibility because there's a, like the after show party. It's not run by us. The after show party It's run by another like a up a place called Harvey's Bar this year, and they are uh, what's known as a social enterprise. 
So that's right. Yeah, because I, I I saw this on the website when I was looking at it, and it, I I got a little bit confused for a second. I must admit because I very very nearly ended up uh, running a pub in Edinburgh many many years ago, which is Scott's Bar, which is on Rose Street. Oh yes, oh, there uh, we I very very nearly ended up running that many many years ago, uh, and I thought and I saw it, I was like, oh, is that the same place? And it's like it, it's not far away, but it's it's slightly different. And yeah, it's a, a social enterprise. Tell us a bit more about that. Well, what they do is the profits from the business go into sort of good causes and they employ people who are basically they come from sort of the private, maybe not the best backgrounds or stuff yeah, and then sure. they invest in them, like help them develop skills and such. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's brilliant. So I popped along there for a chat. I was put onto them by a mutual friend, popped on for a chat and I thought to myself, right, okay, what's the best we put it? Because Last year, we, we personally, we don't, we hand offish with the, the after show party because people might want to do a lot of different things and come the end of the convention days, be it Saturday or Sunday, I need to sleep. Yeah, you rest. guys just want to stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, but they were so keen and they were so up for it and to think that it, the, the after show party, they were like, well, we'll make it free to get in. I was like, oh, right, that's perfect. But you think about the, the profit from it goes to the good causes. So theoretically speaking, you're not getting, people aren't hassling you to like donate whilst you're there because mm-hmm. every drink you have. It, really, it's it, a percentage of that is going into the, the profits for the, the charity. Exactly. Yeah, no, so, that's a really good way of running it. Win-win situation. Eh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Okay, well, I mean, I'll, I'll grab some links off you after this and we'll stick out links to Harry's <coughs> Bar and the, and the the other charity in, in the show notes for it. Uh, just to, So if you can tell us a little bit about who, who you've got at the event this year, what sort of things you've got coming up? Certainly, comic-wise, we've got... Wait, let me just have a wee look here because... So I don't get tongue-tied. And that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We have got a few of my personal favourites anyway. Uh, we've got, let me see, we've got Ken Lash, we've got a lot of UK exclusives in terms of the comic book guests, that's something we always try to do. Now, the thing with, with your guest lists is you do have people who are popular and for one reason or another you may repeat them, you mm-hmm. know, near to the next, but what you want to do is try and keep it fresh because yeah, absolutely. you want to build an existing footfall whilst encouraging new people to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the comic book guests, UK exclusives, uh, which are first time we'll have like Ken Lashley who's just worked on sort of like X-Men Prime mm, and he's cool. done a lot of other things you know he'd done um was it Secret Six with Gail Simone he's done a lot a lot, a lot of stuff mm-hmm. um got Gary Brown who is actually Edinburgh born but he was uh he went away and he was studying at the the Cuba uh, School of Art all right so he's he's, he's done that and um he's coming back so it's like a, a UK exclusive as it were cool um, he's worked on like Ivan Pate, yeah, he's, he's doing a book and all uh, with Brian Wood, mm-hmm. like a, a Viking saga. Uh, we've got, it's all the rage at the moment, Viking stuff. <laughs> that's it, I, was it the History Channel's Vikings or something Yeah, like? Vikings and then Neil Gaiman's just released his Norse mythology book and <laughs> yeah, it's all over the place at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, got, now let me pronounce, I'm really bad pronouncing some people's names, I try and get done before I meet them. Uh, George Cambadius. Uh, he, a Greek artist who's definitely on the way up. Um, I think Image just released a couple of his books, and he's doing one with Colin Bunn. All right, cool. You know, and Colin Bunn's one of these sort of writers who's he's like Bendis. He's, he's just mm. a furious writer. Yeah. Yeah. He puts out loads of stuff. 
So there's him, there uh, is another UK exclusive, uh, Riley Brown, who's like a big Deadpool man, you know. He, oh, he, awesome, yeah. You know, <laughs> that's it. Ah, yeah, this where he co-created Hydra Bob, you know, and yeah. you know, he's got a cult following of his own anyway. Awesome. So we've got him. Uh, we've got Matthew Clark who worked on, let me see, uh, the Wonder Woman Rebirth. Mm. Uh, he's done stuff like Doom Patrol and stuff in the past. And I think he's got a project coming up at the moment he's been working on with one of my personal favourite characters, uh, Blue Devil. Okay, yeah, yeah. So he's got something like that coming on. Uh, we've got James Haven who's done a quite a bit of the, the sort of Mike Magnola universe mm. stuff. Um, Chris Miniham who has done he done the Aliens versus Predator versus Judge Dread book which was yeah yeah I remember that one that was awesome you know it was it was just it was for a mix martial licenses and you do it it's just you're like wow yeah. you know yeah uh, awesome mad um, we've got Monty Michael Moore uh, who is he was actually accredited you know for being the man who started up that starly at Celebration mm-hmm. those events. So he's going to be there. He's he's done artwork for more things than I could possibly remember. You know, he's really he's, he's done covers for comics. He's done things for board games. Done all that sort of thing. Loads and loads and loads. And we've got another favourite of mine, Phil Jimenez. You know, for the for the crisis stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I think he's been currently working on uh, Supergirl for DC. All oh, right, okay. So and he's been. Let me think. What else there? Emma BB, they've got some lo- good, good, like we say, we're talking about people who may come back, got good utilisation of local talent, people who are really on the comic book map as well. Emma BB was like the first first woman, lady to, you know, write Judge Dredd. Mm. Um, Gordon Rennie, who's uh, like a frequent time collaborator, a writing partner with her. Um, Tom Foster, who is basically, he broke through for women. With one of the things at Thought Bubble. Okay, yeah, yeah. And just recently, the done this Dread cover, and it's really been adopted. It's like this big iconic thing when 2000 AD just had the 40th anniversary. Yeah. This, this image has appeared everywhere. You know, it's all pretty definitive. Um, we've also got like Dan McDade and uh, John Lees, you know, so they are two other cracking names. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Dan McDade's worked on. So much licensed stuff, Planet of the Apes, Big Trouble Little China, um, some of the, the sort of King's Watch stuff. Um, just released a book there, Omnipress, Timeshare. Mm-hmm. And John Lee's, he's really such a. Hey, it's your pal John. Have you ever watched any of his videos? Like, uh, it's your pal John Lee's, such a lovely, <laughs> friendly guy. Um, and he just done his first stuff for IDW for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And he's done a lot of stuff for sort of. Um, was it Comics Tribe? Mm-hmm. Uh, they are really. He, he does. He puts things sometimes on like Kickstarter. All right. Okay. Yeah. Some people have various levels of success with Kickstarter. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. seen some very good ones, and I've seen some fail. So yeah. Yeah. His stuff keeps knocking out the park. Nice. Boom! It's right out there. So he's, he just shows. Not only is he very pop, he's very good at doing it, but he's not not just that. It's just because people really enjoy. I don't know if you've never read much, I'd seriously recommend a book he wrote called The Standard. Okay, no, I've not come across that one. It's a superhero story, um, like a bit retired, run-down superhero, um, and it's like his child prodigy, 
Uh, I don't want to spoil it too much. Okay, you know, cool. I'll, 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 I'll check it out. <laughs> Please do. It's worth it. It really is worth it. Now, some other guests I noticed that you've got coming along. Yeah. Uh, they, they, these are some ones that I'm very interested yeah. in, and I'm gutted that I'm not going to see them. Is the comic book men guys? Mm-hmm. Oh man! <laughs> I mean, you know, the comic. Uh, the guys for comic book men are just so. The, these guys really have you know earned their place in history. No. You know, whether the EMC's comic book main TV show that takes, I mean, it airs so in America just after The Walking Dead. Yep. And it is, I remember the first time watching the first episode of it, and I was like, well, let's see what this is like, you know, if it's, yes, you know, if it's full away TV or not. I was hooked. Yeah, no, I, I love it. Um, I, I was a massive Kevin Smith fan anyway, because um, mm. many many years ago when I went to New York, I actually did the trip down to Red Bank and went to the comic shop, and Walt was on the counter when I went in. So, yeah, I, I absolutely love that show. I, those guys are awesome. Well, we got them, we asked them, and they were like, yes, yeah, we'll come over. So I was like, fantastic, brilliant. And they've been so supportive, like they've, they've been tweeting about it, they've, they've, they've announced it on the podcast, because they do, like, I sell comments and yep, stuff. absolutely. Uh, um, and they have, it's like Ming's, real, Ming's is like this bundle of endless energy, you know, <laughs> uh, and he's, he's, he's developed his, his own following. No, and Mike's this sort of encyclopedic knowledge. This, these are terms that I've used to describe them on the online profiles because this is what they're. Mike's this online sort of encyclopedic. You know, when it comes to comic books, just ask them. He probably yeah. knows the question. Absolutely. Um, so they are they're fantastic. Brian, Brian's this is part of like tell him Steve Dave. Yep. He is. He's, he's done absolutely everything. He's done everything from you know directing to podcasting to. What have you? So, yeah. So well, that, that's it's a cracking crew to have along there, and I'm 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 utterly jealous that I'm not going to be there for that one. Well, we've got we've got them, and it just so happens that we've got like the UK sort of like pre, uh, preview sort of premiere screening of Shooting Clerks. Shooting Clerks, yes, the Kevin Smith biopic, yeah. Yes, and it was like when they got in touch with us, and we talked away, and we came to a mutual agreement. And when I saw the trailer, I was like, this this looks good. And it was shot most mostly in Scotland, and I was like, "Hey, wow, okay." <laughs> it was it was crazy. They shot most of it in Scotland. A bit of it shot um, over in sort of uh, Burbank area, um, I, I believe. Uh, it's got that sort of black and white tone as well. So I was like, "Right, okay, right, yeah, let's 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 do this," you know. So it'll be good because I believe uh, Ming and Mike actually appear in it. Right. So we'll be able to maybe have them introduce it. And, you yep. Know, actually, what we've got to do is put the, like, the comic book main panel on just before. Yeah. So it'll be a natural, organic sense of, you know, progression. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it follows. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. That's that. We've got um, Zara Faithian, who is like one of the zealots for Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. I'll... For being a fourth-year con, we were like, we're aiming, you know, to go get new guests. I haven't been to the UK and different things, but at the same time, you know, leave any delusions of grandeur at the door. Yeah, sure. Just an organic sense of growth. But she was very notable on screen. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so we're like, oh, well, we'll, we'll get, we'll get Zavin. She's been an absolute pleasure to talk to. Um, we've got Ian Beatty. For... Uh, he's lovely. I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago. Oh, you know, um, he's a great guy. He he knows his material of Game of Thrones back and front. He's uh, yeah, he's, he's a heck of a guy. Oh, well, that's you know, we were just we were just like, yes, let's just you know just go for it. Um, it was actually it was a shame because just beforehand, um, just before announced him, uh, Big Neil uh, he had unfortunately passed away. Right. Uh, you know Neil Fingal, and he was going to be like all the Game of Thrones guests because it, it it was uh, Mag. Mm. And so uh, they were tied nice and well, so it was that, that was a, it was a it was a real shame. Um, and it left us like, what do we do? Do we leave his his profile up online, or do we take it down? We're like, oh, we'll leave it up as a tribute mm-hmm. because having never met the man physically in person, but having dealt with him and having some reasonable good conversations, mm-hmm. I have to say it was an absolute pleasure. So like, we'll make it a tribute. Sure. Um, and you know, from dealing with and beauty, like you said, um, very, very easy. Yeah. Very yeah. easy to deal with. Really nice, you know. So there was himself, um, Richard O'Field from uh, Star Wars, mm-hmm. who, you know, who, who asked the question, you know, the common sense question. I mean, what, two fighters against a Star Destroyer, you know. I mean, <laughs> I mean these people would do that. Yeah. Have you seen the size of that thing? Yeah. You know what I mean? The voice of reason in the rebellion. <laughs> That's right. You want me to fly this against that? Are you off your head? <laughs> uh, so you, th- you think about it. Um, we've got one who's went doing really well um, with one of my friends, uh, Andrew Lee Potts, the Prime Evil. Yes, yes. Again, yeah, I've seen him a couple of times. He's a lovely guy. Uh, well, one of my friends that was a massive... Primeval fan, mm. um, so much so that he done sort of like blog things when he used to work for Standard Life. Right. And on I think the Standard Life interweb or whatever, he done sort of like reviews of it on there. Um, so it was over the moon. If, if you've not caught his web series yet, you should check it out. Wireless Andrew Lee Potts's web series, it's fantastic. We'll make a point of doing yeah, that. He, he films it all on GoPros, so it's all guerrilla filming, and it's it's very very cool. He does it all himself. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll get, I'll make sure he gets a good chance yeah, to. It's, plug it's this. very very cool. So yeah, check that out. Cool. Okay. Well, we're getting to about having to wrap up, sir. Yes. So it's something that we ask pretty much everyone who comes on the show. So we'll, I, I need to ask you to contribute to our uh, Nerd vs. World list of, of films that you, that everyone has to see. So if you can mm-hmm. think of five films that you think everybody should see, so not necessarily just your favourites, but five films that you consider to be films that that, that everybody needs to watch. Right, in terms of nerd films that anybody needs to watch, is it, is it sort of geek films? Or any, a, any films, I mean, it can, it, it can cross any genres. Right, see, because there's so many films that I have watched, so I'm going to say in terms, well, like Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead, awesome film. No, I mean, it appeals to so many genres. It's got the zombie element for horror, it's got the comedy element, you know. Absolutely, it's, it's, a, it's a beautifully made film. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say that. Okay, Shaun of the Dead. I will say maybe something by Steve Soderbergh. Maybe um, okay. it's, it's maybe a strange one to pick, but there was a, there's been a few films he's made like Traffic or maybe um, the remake of Solaris. Mm. Solaris, you know. Yeah, Solaris, um, the George Clooney one. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll okay. say Solaris because okay. yeah, Solaris. it's just there's something about it. Yeah, yeah. That makes it beautiful. Yeah, no, it's an excellent film. I don't know why. Um, so there's that. Sean Dead Solaris. Uh, do, 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 do. I'm going to turn my head to look at some of these. Wanted. Actually, right, no, I'll tell you why I'll pick that one, even though it's, a, a, it's an adaption of a comic book, but it's not completely faithful to the comic book. It's, it's been, you know, artistic license has mm-hmm. been utilised. Um, there's certain things with the film about ties in with the soundtrack and it. You know, yep. it, 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 I found that I found that I could watch it numerous times and not get bored with it, especially when he scalps the boy in the face with the keyboard, the keyboard. <laughs> you know, like, go on, son, go on. You know, and the, the music that's playing at the time, and everything. Think to yourself, ah, it was, it was, it was really enjoyable. And the fact that I suppose uh, Mark Miller's a, actually a lovely guy, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you know. Scottish talents involved with it, so I'm just going to say that. Just yeah, cool. No, no, no. Yeah, that's all good. Okay, two yeah, more. I'll be my comic book movie. Um, <laughs> and uh, maybe right. Okay, here's one for you. It's a strange one, but this is the first film that I've watched with my missus. Um, Desperado. Okay. With Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, excellent movie. Brilliant film. Uh, it's just, there's just again, it's another film I could watch time and time and time again. You know? Have you seen the original one, the, the El Mariachi? Have you gone back and watched the original? Yeah. Yes, I've watched I've watched El Mariachi, Desperado, and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Um, Desperado is my favourite of the three. Yeah. Um, it just hits the mark. The opening to Once Upon a Time in Mexico is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Nobody plays the guitar. Yeah, yeah. Up and think that's just cinematically that was beautiful. Yeah. But there's some there's there's a lot of poignant messages from Desperado. I was just like, ah, this just really because there was a time I, I fluttered with the idea of making films mm-hmm. a long time actually a film film i actually have i'm on imdb you know for mm-hmm. certain things you know for what have you but i've never really took it beyond a certain stage but yeah sure it was inspired so that's four okay yeah one more one more one more one more uh, this is very very difficult i um, know <laughs> it's so hard I don't know. Matrix, maybe? Matrix? No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah no, I, I would thoroughly agree with that. I, I went to see that at the cinema nine times, I think. Yeah, I'll tell you, that film came out the blue for me. Yep, yeah, me too. I've never seen the trailers, never seen anything like that. Me, Mrs. We went to the cinema. What would we watch? Oh, that looks alright. We'll watch that. Yeah, it, it, uh, it kind of it made up for me the fact that episode one came out that year and utterly destroyed me, and the Matrix just made it all better. <laughs> It was just like, wow, yeah. what is this? Yeah, like the what? opening seven minutes of that film, I was utterly glued, and that was it. It was stunning. And yeah, I went mm-hmm. back to see it another eight times after that because it was just so good. Mm-hmm. And I think what happened was the first film had set the bar so high that the next two movies, for me, which I still thoroughly enjoyed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, was it Revolutions and yeah. uh, Reloaded? Reloaded and Revolutions, yeah, yeah. Reloaded Revolutions. Um, you know, I still thoroughly enjoyed those two movies. I enjoyed but... them. I think they could have just been one film. Yes. <laughs> they could like... have cut out, like, 20-minute-long car chases and done one film well. Yes. 
Yes, um, I, can't, I can't argue. <laughs> the first one's just like it blew me away, and as, even as a standalone film, Sweet. it works. You know, so. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you for those, sir. I will add those to the list, and yeah, uh, good luck with the con, sir. Listen, thank you very much for letting me come on and bore you. Oh, no, you are, you are more than welcome. I always love hearing about how people have got involved in this and what they were trying to achieve with it. So I think I think it's brilliant. I think the, the comic con scene in the UK is burgeoning at the moment, and I think it's fantastic that so many people are out there doing it. So fair play to you, sir. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Big fucking gun!